Hey there, podcast family, and welcome back to part two of my conversation with Hero the Band. The rest of the brothers had to get on with their day, but DJ stuck around, and we got into some really exciting topics, from mental health to being on tour to balancing songwriting duties as a band of four brothers. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation and stick around, because at the end of this episode, it's a very exciting treat. Hero the Band is going to let us listen to a snippet of a song that has never been heard before. So I really hope you stick around to the end of the episode because let me tell you what, it is worth it. And without further ado, here is my conversation with DJ from Hero the Band. Eli the Music Guy Eli the Music I love the time we're in now because oh yeah man like faith, faith is the question it's like the question of faith is the greatest question because that's the only thing that eliminates or cre- creates balance and eliminates uh that 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 distrust of self that right. that distrust of your heart you know what i mean like if yeah. people really faith is a heart thing you can't see your heart is beating uh, hell, you can't even see your voice, but you can hear it, you know? You know, breathing. <laughs> you can't see your breath, but you're breathing. Yeah. No? yeah. Your breath when it's cold outside, you know? Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the ocean. It comes on the shore and it leaves. Right. It comes back and it leaves. It's breathing, you know? Yeah, you know, it's like uh, faith can be so inter- uh, mingled with a lot of other baggage that people don't want to bring with that word or whatever. But the truth yep, of the matter yep. is we, we all practice it every day, whether it's uh trusting, right. that, you know, the sun's going to rise this morning or that when you go to sleep at night, Hey, you're just going off. You don't know or if you're, you're coming back. You, got, you know, you got faith. You got faith that your acne will go away because you put on this face mask or right, right. You got, you got faith that that guy will notice that you did this to your hair. If you keep doing this thing, you know, to get this stuff, that you think he's going to like. You got faith that this girl is going to notice your muscles if you keep going to the gym. You got faith. It's faith is is something that, you're right, people don't want to touch on it because it comes from religious uh, background. Like the word itself sure. is ma- ma- mainly understood in a religious uh, psychological understanding. But, yeah. you know, you leave that. It's like, dude, your faith is in everything you do. Like you said, it's in everything. Yeah. From playing music, being a rock star, you got faith that people are gonna love your songs, and you got faith that you take somebody's life one day. Yeah. Um, you got faith that you're gonna probably make a lot of money. You got faith, you know, that you're gonna, you know, have a beautiful family or be able to retire at a certain time. Sure. Even if you are in school or if you're a scientist, you got faith that you're gonna find a new uh, formula for X, Y, Z to prove that is wrong or right. You know, right. like faith is in. It is in every, it's in everything. And and the difference between, you know, faith and just blind hope is that you get up each day and you actually take the action to step towards the thing you're wanting to. And that's where the real, for me, at least where the real juice of life comes is not just sitting around going, ah, I hope the world gets it together. I hope climate change (laughs) really chills out. You know, it's like, yeah, I can hope that all day long and and whatever happens is going to happen. But like for me, what makes meaning in my life and however long I've got here is to do it. <laughs> Freaking do it, dude. And like yeah. you said, people say, I hope, you know, it's a, you can hope the weather's going to cool off. It's still going to be hot, you know, it's still yeah. going to be hot outside. I don't know, man. I'm just glad that, you know, because I can't lie, like when it came, my faith was tested during COVID. Yeah. Being, uh, musical artists having expectations i had faith in my my expectations as well like i think you know that was a crazy time for a lot of people but especially you know musicians like y'all who are just like at this peak you know or yeah. you're, you're approaching this i'm not gonna say y'all ain't even close to your peak but like you're at this you're at this new yeah, i know what you mean i know what you mean but like a new peak right a new high and and how can you be more excited about that and then like Boom, overnight it's just gone. Overnight, dude. You just you're at home and you're trying to figure out, okay, does this studio session even make sense? Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So did you all record in 2020 at all? I can't wait to tell you, 
this kid freaking Zoom sessions, like Zoom sessions. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's man. like, can you believe I, I went to sleep with my phone on Zoom? Uh, <laughs> producer Donovan, who I would think you would love, you would love Donovan. Um, yeah. Is this the producer you all have been working with since high school or is this uh same guy? And we were doing Zoom sessions. I would go to sleep three in the morning, leave my phone plugged up to the charger and, you know, the session would be ending at like six, you know, and it's like it was going on while I was asleep, you know, yeah. uh, but we're still on Zoom. Like, well, It seems like y'all work pretty, pretty smoothly for four brothers this yeah. close in age. We all pick up the pace, you know, for each other. Yeah, Nick is really good at like okay the studio sessions when it is okay somebody needs to be there you know yeah. for for this and that Nick is pew, 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 you know uh, I'm like my that sis, my sister's calling and you want to say what's up to her <laughs> hey Lisa, I'm here with uh, DJ from here of the band say hello to him oh, what's up DJ. Jet Mermaid <laughs> what's up Jet Mermaid oh my god that's awesome. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you while we're talking about the way you and your brothers work together, it's like, how do y'all work in the songwriting aspect? Like since the beginning, Roses, all those first songs, like how did how did that shake out for four guys who are all creative and have opinions and egos? And <laughs> um <laughs> I would say the coolest thing about songwriting. Um and I'll, I'll give a, a, a overall answer first, and then I give a personal one. But yeah, all of us we never really fight to sing on a song, like because we all know we have great voices. Um, we usually all sing together in the chorus, like four part harmony or three part or yeah. one unison note. Um, we all are very poetic in our own right. You know, Jeremy is yeah. poet. No matter how many muscles he has, he's very poet. <laughs> the um, warrior, the warrior poet, you know. Right. Sometimes, um, sometimes the most you know physically uh, driven person is very, very poetic. Um, I do a lot of. I I love. I love writing. Period. I don't care if it's journaling. I used to write a lot of poems on my phone. Um, yeah. I feel sometimes I don't even get very musical until I'm going through something dark. Mm. You know. Uh, or sometimes if I have dreams, I write down, I, I used to write down my dreams. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about that today. I need to, I was thinking I need to start keeping a little journal by my bed. So I, yeah. when these and crazy I'll, dreams only, come up, I only try to recall them if they were vivid, you right. know, it didn't feel like it was, it was vivid or real. I just ignore it. Like, okay. It didn't last right. long. And I don't even remember it that well. It didn't feel like I could smell something or, but yeah. like, it's like, oh, it's happening. Like, you know. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a, a interesting, though, a note to note about, you know, going through something dark or, or difficult and that being kind of like a muse in a way. And, yeah. you know, for me, it's the same for me a lot of the time. It's like, not that I'm going through difficult things a lot of the time, but things happen. Life happens. You, mm -hmm. you know, you get down or you just have a tough time. And we get down. Yeah, I often do. Thankfully, I feel very creative in those times and, and able to, uh, you know, get lyrics out or get some music out. And like for me, it's it's therapeutic in the way of like these feelings you have inside of you that you so heavily identify with. And yeah. then when you can actually get them outside of you and turn it into something like a song, then it's a, tan a tangible object that you can look at and you can say, oh, look, it's not me. But it's out there now, and I can look at it. I can interact with it. It's not going to kill me, you know? And uh, ironically, it's like some of the songs that I've written in that headspace or whatever has been like people's favorite songs, which is awesome. I'm I'm happy that people resonate with those things and are able to feel heard in that sense. Uh, but it can be a difficult trope, you know? It's like, oh, I only write when I'm depressed. And then you like go and wreck your life to become creative or whatever i think a lot of artists fall into that trap <laughs> you're like like i hope nobody finds this <laughs> yeah right or like oh <laughs> let me just go become an alcoholic so that i can write more or whatever it's like yeah that's not that's not the thing <laughs> right right and that's funny because 
I've, I've, I've heard people say that too. Like, um, shouts out to Zach, Zach, uh, Selwyn. Um, I asked him, I said, dude, how do you write all these different things? He wrote the Sonic Lee podcast. Yeah. He writes a lot of different, he wrote Bearing a Banjo and things like that. So, uh, he told me that, you know, he, he has to, he has to get those spirits going, man. You know, it keeps right. it flowing. So I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get yeah. it. Like some of us don't get depressed when we drink. Some of us just get really like whimsical and, and creative. Right. Sure. Um, I mean, everybody has their process. I mean, look at, you know, Ernest Hemingway, like that guy was, he was nuts. He was never not drunk and he wrote some incredible literature and, uh, Hey, I'm not him, but it worked for him. I got to check him out. I got to check his stuff out, man. Yeah. You, uh, you got to check out his, uh, I mean, he's, he's classic, but, uh, and to ask, to ask your, all the guys, all of us, we just say, if you write a verse, or if you start the melody for a verse, okay, you know, and you come up with a few words, or if you someone comes up with a few words for your melody, then for the most part, that's your verse. You know, okay, you're gonna sing that verse since you popped it off melody wise, if, or sometimes you call it like, I want to sing the first verse, but that's still that's more of a fifty fifty thing. It's like okay, well sure. if you start writing something, you can sing the first verse. So if you come up with something solid, you can sing the first verse. So. It's all about how solid something is, how who you know whose voice it sticks with the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and and outside of vo- vocals and melodies, it's just more about like who who does it feel right for you know. Um, yeah. Sometimes people get used to our music. You know, you're really used to our music if you can know who's singing when. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've come to know. It's like, oh, there's there's Justin. You know, it's like <laughs> it's great. Our, our different like ranges are different. Uh, vocal styles, uh, writing styles, cadence, yeah, all that rhythms. Well, that makes for like, a really okay. fun. It makes for a really fun listening experience because I grew up a huge Beatles fan. Like that was, you know, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't care what people say about the Beatles. They carried me into this reality. <laughs> and uh, the thing I loved as a kid, you know, I put on a little my little CD player, put a little Beatles record on, and my favorite part was to go. Oh, that's that's John singing. Oh, that's Paul singing. Oh, that's you know, that's George or the off occasion. Oh, that's Ringo. <laughs> you know, that's Ringo. Is Ringo? Does he ever sing like a? Yeah, a he song? sang. Uh, he his songs. Uh, one of his the most popular songs is uh, gosh, what is it? With yellow a little submarine. help for my friend. With a little help from my friends, oh. and Yellow Submarine, and uh, also Octopus's Garden. He's got a few. He's got a few. Okay. Yeah, Ringo's Ringo's got street cred. Man, he's an as you know, he's an incredible drummer. Like that guy does not get enough credit for that. It see that his singing doesn't matter because of that. Like yeah. But anyway, so like the whole you know like f- listening to you guys and being like, it's kind of a game. It's like who's singing this time, and it's, mm-hmm. it makes it really exciting. I like that creative process y'all got. So since y'all you know had this vocal foundation for most of your music life up until you started the band like is that how songs come into conception mostly is like some vocal melodies and kind of humming out parts and that kind of stuff or is it ever like sitting down with the piano first and then lyrics later it was uh funny because yeah nick like i said nick was on keys during inseparable so a lot of songs were written on keyboard before anything so yeah um it's it goes hand in hand with yeah. keys and vocals or vocals then keys and then sometimes i would wake up super early in the morning and just go play drums justin would come down it's like a meditation yeah i would do that as soon as i got out of high school i was like i don't have to go to school anymore i know i don't want to go to school no i don't want to go to college i would wake up say my little prayers like thank you god for not allowing me to have to go and write my damn <laughs> today like and then i go downstairs everybody's still asleep I'm playing drums. That's so, awesome, dude. And sometimes I would be playing two songs and then sometimes I would just be making up a drum pattern that I was trying to like work out to get better. Yeah. And be strictly something that I was coming up with from scratch. And then, you know, 20 minutes in, five minutes in sometimes, I hear somebody run downstairs, they plug up on the opposite side of the room to where I can't even see them because we yeah. didn't have the drums in the living room. And they would start playing, whether it was keys or bass or you know guitar and they would try to 
fall in love with whatever I was doing. So that's that helped our chemistry with the yeah. gel of creating a song before lyrics come in play. Um, the art of the jam, you know? Yeah. We learned how and we were a jam band for a long time when it came to the way the songs before we get to the studio, we yeah. would be at home and then right. make a song at home and then go to the studio. We got this song. So we were making Donovan's uh, job a lot easier when it came to, but it still was like, he's super creative. So he would get a little bored. Like, oh, you guys are just making songs and you guys come over here and just like, <laughs> after right. like a couple went by, it was like, I'm not getting any input here. Like you right. guys. <laughs> he's looking for like, you know, he wants to chisel you guys out of the marble, you know? <laughs> like, it used to be, you know, you guys made the song here. It's like, now y'all coming in with full blown songs. And right. It, it always worked out well. It always like, we never not miss in the studio. It's like a, it's never really a miss. Yeah. 95% man. of the time we hit. And, and sometimes I, it's like, let, let me know fun. next time you're in this, in the studio. Cause I'm coming down there and I'm just going to be a fly on the wall. Cause I want to see this. <laughs> You're welcome anytime, bro. And um, a cool part about the recording process as it evolved was like we began to have more fun. Of course, we like used to argue sometimes. I feel like you know we fight because like it's like I was gonna ask about that. If you you know four brothers, does it get you know testy sometimes? Well, we we got better as time got got went by. Like okay, who you know like learning each other's triggers or mm-hmm. learning how to fight another day or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, save the conflict like, for when you're able to really resolve it or whatever, like. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we get tested, by, get tested too by, like, spirit, you know? Yeah. Um, there's some energy out there that's trying to, like, sabotage, and it gets in one of us or it might be in one of the bros, you yeah. know, and it's like we're not aware of it. So it's, I'm big on I'm big on spirit, spiritual energy, traveling yeah, me too. people, and and I know you are. So that's why I'm bringing it up because I know I'm like I wouldn't just talk to anybody about this. <laughs> but as some a lot of people who are conscious, even conscious people need to be aware of that because sometimes yeah. we think being conscious is about being conscious about our own self and our own spirits. Like, well, you know, sometimes somebody next to you or your own self might be yeah being- we're all just big mirrors for each other you know like so inseparably call back to inseparable <laughs> uh inseparably interconnected is like yeah well no wonder when you're around somebody and you've got some bad energy you're putting out or they've got some bad energy they're bottling up and you feel off well yeah of course we're we're sharing literally the same air we're sharing everything and so you know it's about just being aware of that and and not pushing it away and also not you know grabbing on too tightly to it but making the space for like the healing to happen right there on the spot you know and uh I, I feel you so much sometimes there's these days where I walk outside my door and I'm just like something's off like there is some kind of energy has descended upon this current reality and you just gotta like you just got to get through it that day, you know? <laughs> it's not about being the hero. It's like, just about being delicate. <laughs> yeah. It's about like, kind of like, okay, what's, what, how can I stay out of the way? Even if I got a lot going on. Right. You know? Put your personal desires and wishes aside, just like to, 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 for the greater peace. Yeah. That's I'm, tough I'm sometimes. Myself, like, I mean, it means I can't talk a lot today or try to say a little, try to say a little today, and, you yeah. know? Try not to get too mixed up in the vibe today because it it doesn't feel like it's a day for that. Or right, you know, some days it's like like you said, doing nothing is success. You know, yeah, and or progress. Yeah, and sometimes like we are we are a very busy band. We like to we like to push the envelope. We like to stay in it yeah. because you know we're all different. So on a day where two or three brothers may be feeling it, one might not. Or right. Or, might be completely feeling it. The other three are like, uh-uh, like, not today. Yeah. Or yeah. two brothers are like, let's do this. And the other two are like, ah, why? Yeah. You know, so it's like. It's dynamic. <laughs> instead of it being one artist with their one thing, you know, yeah. even 
that the band built around that or a group of people who helped that band, that one artist do their thing, whether it be yeah. business. That's why it's so much easier sometimes for one person to go. You yeah. got to be a lot braver if you by yourself. Oh, yeah. Be a hell of a lot braver. But you still have that freedom to make the decision on right. I'll do this today or I want to do this tomorrow or I don't want and I don't want to do that tomorrow. Yeah, so, I will say it, it is easier, but it is not easy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. and that, you know, I think it, like you said, like everybody's always changing. And like, that's the beautiful part, right? It's, if it's a bad day. It's like, you know, it's going to change. You know, <laughs> there's going to be another day where like everybody's just hitting 100 and you guys are, you know, writing songs or whatever it is. And so you can get through that. And sometimes when you're by yourself, you don't really have anything to relate it against. You're just like, mm -hmm. oh, maybe it's just me forever, mm -hmm. you know, or like, does anybody else hear me? Or, mm -hmm. you know, some, it's nice to have, you know, a brotherhood or a, a, a community, like a band to just say like, now we're going to get through this. Like tomorrow's coming. Cause if you're the one who's down and you're by yourself, there's not yeah. necessarily another three guys who might be willing to pick you up. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Things can feel quiet. Like when, you, when you're your own artist, and yeah. you you have to kind of like pull it out of yourself or or like you know find that energy somewhere and like okay yeah. I pick myself up or and then sometimes I feel like it could be so loud if you're in a group like it's yeah not, I left my phone down for one minute and sixty text messages came through all right <laughs> like uh, you know if I respond how many more text messages am I gonna get like it's hilarious sometimes <laughs> I bet man I bet it's how was how was the tour like do you guys have a good time on that i'm glad you asked because i want to talk more about tour. yeah um, first of all shouts out to the warning i feel like tour was like tour with them was a perfect match you know um yeah i don't think it could have been a better time to like we were supposed to tour with the unlikely candidates last year shouts uh -huh. out to the candidates um the entire tour was we had to cancel it because bonnie was not canceled and that was going to be our biggest payday I was going to see y'all at Bonnaroo. You were going to see us at Bonnaroo. <laughs> but in fact, I saw you at my backyard. So that was even better. <laughs> I can't lie. It was a reliever when we, when we did the show out there in North Carolina, because not only did you all treat us very nice, um, the beach house was beautiful. Uh, the beach, the sand, and the time yes. that we came, it was like, it, it was, was perfect, man. <laughs> wasn't like we had a bunch of tourists around like to share the beach with the beach yeah. was cool, you know and it was all i can't lie it was all about the beach for me outside of the music it was all about the yeah beach. dude uh <laughs> <laughs> it's healing stuff it really is it's yeah because life's a, live here. life's a one big beach you know life's a beach man <laughs> yeah we had to we had to take it back first because you guys when it came to tour were a part of the little bit of dates we did last year yeah um, so that was kind of like, you know, we did the Jimmy Allen day as well um, and things like that. So I, I can't I can't speak enough about it. But like I said, the very first time we performed with the warning, I have to go back to that November. It was in November. Yeah. Rockville Fest. Paulina, the drummer, she used my drum set. Nice. So cool. Yeah. I'm just the first time we because I was already I can't lie. Out of me and my brothers, I think I'm the biggest fan of the warning. And just being straight honest, I love the warning. Like I love yeah. rock. I love I love every I love all music. When I get into music, I really dive deep. So I have to oh, be because yeah. I, I dive really deep into whatever music I'm into. Um with the warning going on tour with them, it was like, Are you kidding me? Is this gonna get canceled too? You know. Right. Um, we met the girls in Daytona. We took a picture with them on the track uh, next to the stage after they got off. And um, their parents, their mom and dad traveled with them everywhere. I think their dad is the manager alongside Rudy. Mm -hmm. uh, Rudy Joffrey is their manager. Cool guy. Extremely, like, nice people. Like, yeah, their sound engineer, Lilo. Shouts out to Lilo. That's the homie. Shouts out to Carlos. He's the uh, drum technician and guitar technician. That's their team. You know, mom, dad, Rudy, Lilo, and Carlos. Wow. And, uh, and when we went on tour with them, we met Nina. 
uh, who's who does the merch for them. So, shouts out to Nina too. Uh, hey, everybody needs a good merch person, you know. You know, so the, the tour dates. As soon as we got back from Daytona, and the merch is not easy. Shouts out to everybody who does merch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not easy, dude. That's not easy. No, it's not. Especially if the act that you're on doing merch for is really good. Um, yeah. That table is going to be busy. Right. So, and those boxes are going to be big and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, but hey, pays the bills. You know, it, it, it puts food on the table, gets the meals. Pays the bills, gets the meals. All right. Shout out um, Gildan, you know, Haynes, all those guys. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Musician, <laughs> musicians are just like uh we're just like certified like representatives for Haynes these days you know we're like, that that just, we are that we, and so and y'all's just, tour for it started this was it this winter it started or this early spring yeah, that's what i was gonna say like after we did the show in daytona it was like high fives you know it was you could tell that like it's the age difference between us in the morning so yeah we know there are a lot of things about us that are that we we would probably love to learn about each other. Yeah. But it's like that age gap kind of keeps it like, okay, you sure. know, because the bass player, she's still a minor. She just turned 17 in December. Wow. That Talk is a young 20. age to be touring across the US. <laughs> it is. And then even just like touring with with us, you know, like, you know, yeah. we're I won't I won't reveal our ages, even though I even though I don't even really believe in age, like you said. Like, you know, we're you gotta have some mystery, you know. We're youthing and uh <laughs> we're not adulting, but we are exactly adults. <laughs> and, uh, so it's like it's a big it's like a it's like an age gap. And right, Danny right. guitar player is the oldest, she's 21, I believe, and uh Pauline is 20 years old. She's uh the drummer, three-piece killer. Yeah, we find we're going on tour with them in December of last year. Uh and that tour was supposed to be set for originally was supposed to be set for March. So we were thinking, okay, March, we're going on tour. Some for some reason, something told me, I don't know if that's gonna stick because that's way too soon for things to kind of just open right back up because COVID was still going through 2021. Mm. So I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Give me a break. You know, and I was right about it because that tour got pushed back all the way to May. So right. I think it was like late February when he reached out or mid-February. He DM'd us on, on Instagram and was like, hey, guys, um, how you guys been? And immediately, like, we all have access to our Instagram account. I hopped on like, yo, Rudy, what's up? Because everybody knows there's one thing I like to do is play live shows. Heck um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm like, all right, you know, what's up, Rudy? You know, he's like, who's managing you guys right now at the time we were going through some management uh i guess um we were basically i guess starting new you know starting fresh so you know we had been with uh demandre for a very long time demandre hudson and it was time for us to go into a new direction as a band uh shouts out to demandre he 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 helped out from day one um that's awesome being there beyond just a manager he was like you know doing a lot of different things for us it just was time to change, uh, you know, into a new space where, you know, we're adults now. It's time for us to handle our own business and kind of sure. rely on ourselves. COVID was hectic and crazy. Yeah. It was it was just too much to kind of like keep moving forward the same way. Right. Um, and uh, basically, he, I was like, you know, we're self-managed. We all, as a band, we knew that. I was like, we're self-managed. Uh, I gave him my phone number and he was like, what's the number I can call? I gave him my number. So he hits me up probably a day later. Um, and he texts me like, Hey, um, thinking about doing some dates, um, with you guys on tour, um, in May. And he's like, you know, just let me know, uh, if you guys are down. And I'm like, we're completely, you know, texting back, like, yo, we're completely in. I don't try to like, sound too excited because I don't want him to think like we're desperate. <laughs> right. Right. There's a little bit of a seduction to it all, I guess. Yeah. I'm you know. just like, trying to, I'm trying to be business oriented. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. You want us to do some dates? Cool. You know, I, we, we, we might be able to swing that, you know, you're sitting, you're sitting at home like, Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. yes. 
<laughs> I'm like, you want to do some dates with that really cool rock band? Sure. Um, let me think about it. Let me check my um, let me check my schedule. I'll get back to you. Okay, I'll get back to you. And then, uh, you know, I think uh, I think I called him or he called me. I'm like, yo, what's up, Rudy? He's like, what's up? And he's like, you know, we were thinking about going on um, tour with you guys because we love your sound. We, you know, the label um, asked us if we had an opener for the East Coast leg of the tour. He's like, we're going to do a West Coast and an East Coast uh, leg. And he's like, we, this is the girl's first time touring the States. And we really want it to be special and done right. You know, he's like, I feel yeah. like you guys are brothers and the girls are sisters. Not only do you guys look cool, you guys have a cool sound. And you guys seem like you all have like really good energy. And we just yeah. want to have a good time and make good memories and experience, like have this experience together with you guys. Yeah. And he's like, so... You know, I don't know how y'all are feeling about that. He's like, there's no funding. You know, the label, he said the the tour, uh, the touring agency that put it together, they didn't, they're not funding, you know, hotels. They're not funding gas. They're not funding vehicles, plane tickets, instruments, nothing. So it's like throwback, you know, tour vibes. Like, right. Not even throwback, just like real just- deal you know live raw uncut you just bare bones all the way so i'm like i'm like i don't there's no like we already had okayed it in december when we found out about it right we did i just kind of knew it wasn't gonna happen march i know that he was like you know we're gonna open up for food fighters uh in march in in our hometown of mexico and i'm like okay i'm like that's dope and then uh, amazing (laughs) and they actually got to meet taylor r.i.p taylor Man. You know, yeah. he's one of my favorite drummers, rock drummers. Incredible. One of my favorite drummers. Yeah. He's definitely my top 10. Oh, yeah. Uh, Foo Fighters and and just Dave Grohl, Taylor, all those guys are like, they yeah. are deep in my heart. When that, it was heartbreaking when that happened. And yeah. So I still play, I know you guys played some uh, tribute, Foo Fighter tribute songs while you were on tour. We played My Hero every night. Um, oh, yeah. Except twice. Anytime, and the two times we didn't play my hero, we played. We make sure we do it at the end of the show. Yeah, the times we didn't play that song, we um, we didn't sell as much merch. Right? Isn't that funny? <laughs> we sold wow. the most merch. You know, our show was great, but you know, yeah. people love to to say I saw that band even more, yeah. and I I want to wear their 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 I want to put their poster on my wall. I want to wear their shirt. When you're able to play something that's that resonate with their heart, you know Amen. that they have, that they actually know that they can sing along with that they it makes them understand that you quote unquote get it. Yeah, uh, you get them right. You know, it's like you, oh, it's, it's a common place. Like they like what I like, and you know, I love playing a good cover if it's a song that means something to me, and I know it means something to a lot of other people. Uh, you know it's it's a good feeling when you're playing something and people resonate with it and you know it is ironic though especially you know at my level and so you know whatever levels you're at like when you're not the foo fighters and like yeah (laughs) when you play a cover song of the foo fighters people come up that's the song they remember they're like yo you did the foo fighters you know like they were like you know how we are where we demand a lot of energy from the crowd from the first song we're going to they clapping with us no matter where yeah. we are there, you know, and especially like after the really the first show in Flint, I can't even lie to skip all the business and like getting into doing the tour. After Rudy talked, after I talked with Rudy and I told the guys what he said, everybody's like, cool. You know, we all had some question marks, some head scratches on just like not being funded because yeah. of COVID and like how much sure. money you weren't able to make during the year. Yeah. Prior- you know, it's all about the faith at that point. Like we said, yeah, yeah. Like we know we don't want to not do these dates, right? <laughs> you know, they were gonna like every show was paying a certain amount, and I won't say, but it wasn't like a sure. an amount that could take care of everything, you sure. know, except for maybe like gas and maybe some food, you know, every night. But even then, you still got to be careful because you're traveling with a huge vehicle. We had a, a freaking yeah. a fifteen passenger. And me and Nick went out and got in Woodstock, Georgia, like right, like maybe a week before we had to leave. And um, 
the hero of the band LLC. We got it. Um, yeah. you got your own thing you're doing out there, buddy. Please set up a business account for it so you can yeah. grow grow your your um your records, your statements, and over time, yeah. when you need something, you'll be able to use that as proof of oh, you know yeah. business to be able to pay something off. So we're, no. we're we didn't pay the band off, but we we have a band because of our business. We had the LLC since we started Hero. So. Yeah. Well, thanks thanks for speaking on that kind of stuff because it's really easy. Mm-hmm when you're just looking at social media and you see a band like you guys, you know, on social media, y'all are polished as hell. I mean, you guys look amazing and you are, you guys are amazing. But the reality is that even when you're at your level and a lot of bands beyond y'all's level, it's still hard, man. It's still, there's real challenges and there's real financial, you know, pitfalls and things that are, you got to navigate. And that need to be answered a lot of times. Yeah, and this is a conversation I think that needs to be a lot more open. We can do uh, do a podcast episode about that, bro. Oh, we can. Yeah, we'll get you back on that for sure. But yeah. there's a, you know, there's these dynamics that it's like all smoke and mirrors from the music industry. Like we don't talk about you know the finances of it all. It, it just happens. It's like no, it doesn't just happen. And a lot of people, you know, don't miss out on good opportunities because they weren't educated on how they could do it better. So, yeah. So and I would say that. that's where that's that's where the clarification came about just how much self-reliance you have to have when you yeah. are operating um from that, you know, whatever capacity you operate from. It doesn't matter what capacity you operate from, you need to yeah. have very, 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 very keen sense on self-reliance. Yeah. Um, whether it's a group of you or just one person, even the price of living has went up so high. You know, which is whatever. It, that is what it's going to be, regardless. No, yeah. You live in a city, it's not cheap. Like to live in L.A., New York, no, it's not, live anywhere uh, for the most part. So, especially where it's like energy, it's vibes, it's right. It's all, which so is a challenge as a creative person, you know, mm-hmm. or a creative band or whatever. And you want to, you want to get into a scene, and the creative work is not known for being immediately financially viable and successful and so mm-hmm. it's like this weird dance of like oh yeah you got to go out to la you got to go out to new york you got to go out to nashville and gotta. make it and it's like well also i gotta eat and also i gotta pay rent so which one is it because i can't do both immediately <laughs> you know it's like this old trope of like just grabbing your guitar and strumming out to uh new york and living in the village like that's that's over you can't do that anymore work. I need somewhere safe to poop. I'm yeah, <laughs> no, you're. It's it's true, and uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's it was a beautiful thing for a while in this world, and right now we're not in that stage where you can just go get an apartment somewhere and live on rice and beans and whatever. Like, I mean, we've got people, you know, my age and demographic out on the streets living in tents. Like, so I think taking some of the pressure off in the music scene of like you can quote unquote make it wherever you are. You know what I'm saying? Like if you want to live in, I mean, look where I live. I live in the middle of the the ocean. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. to me, like making it to me is just being able to play gigs to people that I I love and, and, you know, paying some bills. And it's really that simple. And if it becomes something bigger, awesome. It's all perception. Yeah, and I think it's like teaching the young people that are coming up that that's okay. It all depends on how much you care or don't care about that part. Like, right? How much it all cycles you- back to the progress to the masculine energy of like, oh, I'm I'm not going to be successful until I am the biggest until I am whatever. It's like that's that's or, over, man. Or it's like, <laughs> am I doing this to make sure my heart feels good when I wake up, or am I doing this to make sure uh, people? follow me or they find out about me or they start telling people about me it's like which one matters more and and they come back so if yeah if you ask me if if you can't do it with full heart and full love and full thing in the smallest venue with the smallest crowd then you really can't do it on the biggest stage either so (laughs) but people in the back yeah what's up well man we got like I'd say like 10 minutes. I wanted to ask you one more question. This is a question I'm going to ask all of my podcast guests. 
if you were to pass away, let's say tomorrow, and regardless of what you think about afterlife or or where we're going or what this reality is all about, what would you miss the most about this current reality, incarnation, whatever you want to call it? Hmm. That's a great question. At, and it's just what would you miss so the like, most today? And it doesn't have to be anything overly uh, uh, philosophical, but you know, it could be pop tarts. Exactly. That's that's my answer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know I would. Right, right. I'm gonna miss pop tarts for sure. Uh, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> me personally, what I'm gonna miss if I had to leave like tomorrow would be seeing what impact the youth is going to make, you know, for mm. the future or seeing what we, what we can provide them with to, to help them not harm further, you mm. know, because I feel like nothing really matters beyond their lives, you know, and they got it. I feel like they're not going to ever understand that if we don't continue that tradition, that I feel like it's the one tradition that should always live in humanity because it's yeah. big than religion is bigger than politics and it's bigger than uh like you know gender or you know all that stuff like yeah. that we place so many different labels on or right around like it's becoming less and less uh strict each each day it's like passing on like what would i what can i say i passed on mm. to you know i'm gonna miss that being able yeah. to connect being able to connect with like in, during COVID, I I had never taught drum lessons before until COVID, and mm. I had like probably five students at one point, and it was all through Zoom. I was connecting yeah. with children that I didn't see in person and still having fun with it, still right. making fun. I'm teaching drums for crying out loud yeah. <laughs> through Zoom, you know. Yeah. And shouts out to songs for kids. I was. I was doing it with songs for kids, you know. Yeah, it was not easy when I started. It was it was hard because where I stay, I'm not able to really be loud. So right. everybody drums is the least likable instrument if you don't like. <laughs> like nobody wants to hear boom boom pshit, you know. Uh, I I had a drum kit in my uh, sophomore college apartment, and I one day I just went nuts. And it was like a Sunday and I got a, like seven notes on my door that was just like, please just go away. Exactly. So <laughs> I said the connectivity I was able to like experience. Yeah. Um, Seeing that impact the, on, on the youth, man. Because my youngest student was four years old. She wow. was three. She turned four. And my oldest student was 18. Or no, my oldest student was 24. Oh, wow. Yeah. I might become your oldest student soon if you don't. Hey man, be careful. <laughs> I don't mind. I need help. I would love to to teach you to play drums. I didn't look at myself as a teacher until I had to teach. Okay, yeah. Until I really had to teach. Uh, right. Because I had to go back to the basics. I had to, and I feel like I was giving those kids more than just lessons. I was like making their way to the drums or making their way yeah. to the stage. <laughs> right. And I was his name and I'd be like I would do like the whole crazy intro yeah yeah, yeah they loved it man I'd be like you know give it up for her. and then i go ah, i do all the screaming and you know I would make yeah. them you know oh, we had that we had the, at the end of each session it was about spazzing out like just playing yeah. whatever you wanted like spaz out do what you want you know I love um, that and then like you know I was I had to teach a lot of basic stuff like a lot of like you know uh Four count right hand, four count with your left hand. Like what we do with sure. the right, with the left. Um, uh, teaching how to like name each drum when you hit it. You know, yeah. hit the drum and say the name of it. Hit that drum, say the name of it. Hit that right. drum. Got to get personal with the entire instrument. You know, yeah. as the most pieces to it. Um, and it also remember reminded me of how I taught myself how to play. You know, right. basically teaching them how 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 I got. So into drums was um, like noticing that that symbol is is the the main crash or this ride. Yeah. It's called the ride because you can ride it. Right. This sure. kick is called the kick because it is 
you have to kick it with my foot. And it's the heartbeat of the song or right. Just just the ins and outs of it, you know. And then I had right. to keep relationships sort to some degree with the parents, you know. Sure. Um, and that was super personal, like, wow. Like, and it became overwhelming at one point because I at when the band started getting busy again, I felt like I had to eventually tell, you know, songs for kids that I had to pull back for a little while because it was like stressful for me. And then I had to keep emailing the parents like, hey, can XYZ, can Antonio do this tomorrow? Or can Kennedy do this tomorrow or next week? And, sure. and I'm like, I, I can't let these kids down. It's felt bad. Yeah, that's tough. And I was like, I know they're probably not mad at me. Like they, and sometimes it was funny because the kids were finding out about the band that I was in. And yeah. it would be like, you know, telling me how much they liked the music or the family would be like, hey, we really love you guys' music and this and that. And then now I'm feeling like a narcissistic teacher. Like, uh, yeah, you guys love my music. And guess what? We're not doing a session this week. Like, <laughs> Right, right. I started feeling bad. And uh, <laughs> so that's where the stress came was like, but that's my, if I had to answer that question, that's, you know, that's what, uh, that's what I would probably miss the most would be yeah. like making an impact on children's lives. The simple, right. simplest ways, you know? I really like that answer because, you know, it, it for me, I was, I, I thought about this question. I've thought about my answers a lot, but like, it's so easy to think about our personal stuff. Like, Oh, right. you know, I, I would miss bubble baths or whatever it is. Some kind of <laughs> sense. You know, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie, dude. I love a good bath. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right but, there. You know, some kind of sensory pleasure <laughs> or whatever it is that we're going to miss. I'm gonna miss nachos. Yeah, sure. God, I, don't even get me started. But, Dang, but yeah. to think about something beyond self, and uh, especially something like the youth. I mean, it is the they're the next adults, right? I mean, uh, they That's are the, the like adulting makes sense is when you're talking about children and teaching right. them how to teach something. Right. Like, sure. we're teaching them all the time, of course, through our actions. But yeah. And how we speak, our mannerism, all that stuff. Like that's teaching children. But yeah. the thing that teaches them most is how much care you put into what you're teaching them and how much patience you have with them or how yeah. much how much allowance you give them, how much freedom you give them to be themselves. Yeah. Sometimes my my four-year-old student, she wouldn't even want to play drums. She would just be like throwing a fit, you know, getting pissed off at her mom. Like, yeah. but that's three for you you know and her mom yeah. would be like super apologetic and i was like it's okay like it's it's totally okay she's good you know and yeah. i'm like if that's what to do that's cool with me you know and then we yeah. skip i would be like you want to just spaz out on the drums <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and then you're like that's yeah just beautiful. spaz out you know or sometimes she would say i want to hear you play mr dj i want to hear you and i'd be like okay i guess it's just gonna be me playing today like cool <laughs> and all- you know, to, be, to, would, to, to, be, to be fluid like that, you know, and I think it it, it teaches kids, but it also teaches us like, mm-hmm. man, kids flow with however they're feeling like right, they don't they fight that. Do. They don't like put on an act and go, oh, let me be Mr. Proper now. They'll fight you if you try to keep, mess up their flow. Like, Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, they're so they're so in the flow that they're like, no, no, Mr. Adult. This is not how right. we do it. Like. Right. And if we can actually learn from that, it's beautiful. And uh, I've been I've been playing some gigs recently. To we had one on Sunday to raise some money for some some kids to take a trip out to California. These surfer kids, and so it was predominantly a bunch of kids at the show. And it's just amazing watching kids in the creative world, and they just they're natural, man. They like they they are they don't have any of the baggage that all of us have that we've got to like scrape off of us in order to get to that that pay, that place <laughs> so i i totally agree if i i would miss seeing uh children just blossoming that's it's a beautiful thing they're the best kids are the i just know like justin said how when he can imagine someone like he knows he's he's connecting with someone if he can imagine them as a child with him being a child i'm yeah. i'm in my right i would say I've always been able to look at someone if I'm, especially when my heart is in the right place. This is yeah. how I know I'm, 
that's in the right place. If I can look at someone and without the shadow of a doubt, I can see their child self. I can take away all the facial hair or I can take mm-hmm. away their mature looking face and see them as a kid, like immediately. Like, yeah. I don't care how tall you are, how, how stern you are. I don't care how mm-hmm. strong your personality is. It's like, I can see right. the child. Like, I can see yeah. it. I'm talking Man. about the baby, the, the five-year-old, the seven-year-old, right. whatever. Like, I can see it. Absolutely. And that's what keeps me from ever taking people too seriously. And yeah. and it also allows me to see just how far gone sometimes people could be, you know? Sure. Yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. It can give you some context on, like, why people hurt. You, you built up this person so much that where you can't even come close to seeing what I see when I look at you. Like, right. I don't either. Like, if I see the child, I wouldn't always tell people. So, right. Oh, they That's probably... A, I, there it's a beautiful secret to like uh putting away (laughs) things like anger and judgment it's like you know it's it's almost impossible to be angry at like a baby or a small kid you know you'd be surprised Um, uh, yeah of course and those people have (laughs) injured inner children too but uh with that said it's like if you can see a grown adult and see all the like you said see the child in them it's like it gives you so much perspective and context as to like, oh, you're you're not really mad at me because I'm like ahead of you in line at you know Starbucks. You're mad at me because you're 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 mad at your dad <laughs> or something. You know, it's like it's okay. Like you're mad at yourself for not holding on to or not necessarily holding on to, but forgetting. Sure. You know? Yeah, forgiving or whatever it is about memories. Yeah. Memories. You don't have to hold on to memories. You could just recall them. Yeah. You know. Only time you're holding on to a memory is if it's a bad memory that you won't forget or let go of. You always got to be willing to look at the 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 upside of whatever it is because whatever is present is what's happening. So you can fight it all you want, but if you don't have the actual ability to change it, then that's just what the Buddhists call suffering. <laughs> it is, and so you might as well align yourself with the truth and go ahead and start finding some positives about your scenario because mm-hmm. you're you're here regardless. And, you know, that's something I really love about y'all's music is that it's incredibly uplifting. It doesn't, you guys don't look away from the challenges of existing and all these things, but you find a way to really put like this empowering yeah. positive spin on things like uh, back to I myself and that song. Gets me I'm glad you, going. you get it, dude. You get it. Like, you get yeah. our music. I'll say that. You know, because that's all we're doing is putting together a song based around real human stuff. It sounds yeah. all cool and cinematic or dope, but really all we're talking about is the human experience yeah. and how we can get in our heads or how beautiful I can be also. Because sometimes our songs are talking about just how awesome it is to give, like the song, Give It Away. I right. just give it away uh, uh, like just give your love away just give yeah. it away like yeah. for, you know why unconditionally it's, just just give yeah. it so it's like a lot of our songs especially the ones that we started when we first started Hero um, yeah. that aren't even out you know that really are great songs incredible songs uh, I feel like sometimes our old songs might supersede what we do now if we ever right. put it out um <laughs> I think y'all need to. I think y'all need to put an album out called Inseparable. Inseparable. <laughs> oh my God, you will not. I can talk about Inseparable all day. <laughs> so many funny things that come with it. Y'all stuff. I mean, all on all accounts, visually, artistically, videos, music. You guys are, you're, you're really killing it. Thank you, bro. That means a lot. Like for real. Oh, Thank I'm, you for everything. I'm just. I'm Thank humbled you. to be in y'all's reality. I'm humbled that this has been my first podcast episode and just Woo! so great. So grateful, dude. So, all right. Last question. Last question. Just real quick. What do you, you can speak on behalf of the band on this, but like, what do you want the world to think about hero of the band? We want to inspire people to not only be your own hero, but find who your heroes are. Find out what that looks like. If you can't find your own hero, I mean, if you can't find a hero inside of you, mm. look outside, look around you. What what seems like 
is saving your day. It could be the bird that comes just to in the backyard to go, you know, just peck on a tree or chill. It could be, you know, your mechanic. It could be the person at work who says, hey, every day. Or yeah. it can be, you know, that 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 chef at that restaurant or anything. It could be it's my, child, my dog. You know? My dog is that for me. <laughs> That's what I wonder. It's like, don't put a limit on what a hero could be. Like, don't just put a limit on a hero being somebody who's super successful that the world knows or that's done some incredible things that, oh, it's like they make a bunch of money. Like, you know, they got so much influence. Like, a hero could be anything. Condense it down. Be real right. about it. Don't just, because that at that point, it's almost like we all kind of copy each other. Yeah. Because, and it's like, you know, we can switch it up, man. Like, you know. Yeah, I, find it in yourself, man. I, that is so inspiring and so beautiful. And I would say like, there was a there was a lady who came up with the scientific idea to high five yourself in the mirror every day, and just like one time when you wake up in the morning, I, I like that. And she had a podcast on it, and uh, I'll send you a link to it. I listened to yeah. it, and I started doing it every day. Do you keep a bottle of Windex by your? Uh... <laughs> yep, I had to wipe it. You know. <laughs> Wipe it off every time I have five. Like, Wipe it off. <laughs> but um, she was saying that it was scientifically proven that a high five not only boosts your confidence and creates more happiness <clears throat> than words of affirmation or encouragement wow. or anything else. High fives have been scientifically proven to to basically. Be more effective than all those other forms of encouragement. Wow! So I'm just gonna take it as like, "Hero the band" is like a high five of music. Yeah, it is. That's how it makes me feel. Is like when I'm listening to you guys, I feel like I'm getting high fived by like all four of us, four revved up dudes. (laughs) It's like a circle of high fives. You gotta turn around and just uh, (laughs) all directions. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's cool, man. This is amazing, man. It's been awesome, dude. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for being the liaison of all the brothers. And uh, oh yeah, sure, for sure. The as you said, it the least responsible one. I I love <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the least responsible man. Yeah, you got it going on, man. I'm I'm rooting for you guys in every step of the way. I'm here for you if you ever need anything. And mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to come up with like a tagline, you know, for like after po- every podcast, like. The guest says yeah. the tagline, you know. So we're we're sitting here coming up with it live. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Yo, what's up? This is Bam Bam from Hero the Band. You're listening to Eli, the Music Guys podcast. Word up, stay funky, fresh, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, dude. And see you later, bro. All right, fam. That concludes the entirety of my conversation and the time I got to spend with Hero the Band. If you stuck around for this whole conversation, I genuinely hope you got something from it and enjoyed it. I know we had a great time. Please look for these guys on Instagram at Hero the Band, their website, herotheband.com. They are on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your music. Look out for upcoming shows. I cannot explain enough how incredible it is to see this band live. These brothers have an insane amount of positive energy that they put forth. So go find Hero the Band wherever you can. And as promised, here is a special song that Hero the Band has not even released yet. It should be coming out shortly on streaming. But I'm going to play a little snippet of it here. This is Rock Me Baby by Hero the Band. Enjoy, guys, and see you next time. Why so, why so serious? Come and rock me, baby, like Tina. I don't know your name, but I'm curious. And rock this wave, I can't get enough I, I know just what you like The feeling gets me high Just me 